Hi and welcome to another episode of the Ipswich Basketball Podcast with me, Rob Shatton. Together with my co-host, Ben Scarlett, we'll be bringing you insights and interviews from around the club over the months to come. And today, my guest is one of our longest-serving players. Danny Casey has been with Ipswich Basketball for well over a decade now, and we'll talk about her career coming up through the junior side of the programme and obviously focus on her key role in the massive success that the women's senior team has enjoyed over the last two or three seasons. But as always, we'll kick off with asking how Danny got started in basketball. You are now listening to the Ipswich Basketball Podcast. Danny Casey, welcome to the Ipswich Basketball Club podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Um, so, a couple of things to get out of the way first. First player interviewee. So I might have Ooh. to come up with some of the questions on the fly a little bit. <laughs> yep. And also, first interviewee that I can think of, who has been with this club uh, all the way through a junior playing career. Wow. The yeah. title, I'll so, take it. <laughs> hopefully, you'll inspire more to follow you onto the podcast uh, as well as through the ranks of the basketball club. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, how did you get started in basketball? Where did it start for you? Um, for me, I think I was in year seven when I started. So, um, yeah, I was just involved in like netball, all your kind of normal school clubs. And then, obviously, Holbrook had a link with Bernard and Catherine, who kind of came in to do some coaching. Um, so Holbrook would kind of, like, go to Ipswich and see what you think and go to the trials and see if they like you. So a bunch of us from Holbrook went, um, and we were in, actually. I think there was, like, four or five of us. And, yeah, so we got into Ipswich and kind of did the trials for Suffolk around the same time as well. So I think I would have been 11 or, or however, however old, old you are when you're in year seven. I don't really know. I think it's 11. Um, yeah, and just kind of started with it since then and stayed around. <laughs> we were talking about this before we started. So we think it's 13 years in a row? Yeah, I think so. Math is not my strong point, but I think that's 13. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 24 now, so. <laughs> so for me, first, first impressions, no one comes to mind straight away who's been at the club for longer than that, certainly among the players who are here now, basketball obviously must mean something to you for, for you to carry on doing it for that long. Yeah, I couldn't find another sport that I liked more, so I just <laughs> I stuck with this one, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think I'm the longest. Obviously, there's people who are still around, like Jake and Luke, who are older than me, but I think in terms of kind of sticking at the same club, I maybe hold the title for that, so which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think we're happy to give you the title for now. And if anybody knows uh, any different, maybe they can hit us up on Twitter and we can start. Oh, God. <laughs> There's going to be a battle. <laughs> oh. Do you remember what your first impressions were of the club? I guess it was kind of professional, seeing as I've never been in any kind of team or club before, just kind of in school clubs. So the whole kind of setup and seeing all the age groups and how many kind of teams there were who were playing basketball to a high standard. 
I guess it was a bit intimidating for someone who had no kind of background in basketball. So I think seeing all the older older girls who were playing, like Catherine's team was obviously, I think might have been under 18s at the time, or under 16s when I started. So to kind of see the progression and see where you could go to, I guess was exciting, but kind of new for me as well. And what do you remember as your first experience of being in a team? So I don't know if it would have started at under 12s back then or under 14s maybe? Yeah, I think it was under 12s or under 13s or something. I think we had Faye and Christelle and Terry Rigby as well. Um, that was my first team. And it felt like we had so many girls. I think we had to cut a lot of people. I mean, maybe started off with like 20 or so and you had to get chosen to be in a team each week. Like you got told on the Thursday whether you'd be in the team at the weekend. So that's crazy to think now when we've like kind of played with six or seven throughout the season but yeah I love the whole team environment I always have um all the girls that I started with were amazing and we kind of all came from different areas like I knew the girls who came with me from Holbrook but we had um girls from all over really from like Brandon and Berry and that everyone got on so well and we all loved coming to trainings and hanging out and going for little socials when we were younger and going to bowling parties so nice I'm yeah I'm just like really grateful that I had it's at Fastball Club there to meet all those girls and do all those things so one of the the great things about that kind of um, junior experience is that obviously you stay with roughly the same group all the way up through the age groups um what was your for those who don't know what was your junior career like were there a lot of successes highs and lows or um yeah junior was kind of interesting I wasn't great back then to be honest um there were girls who were much much better than me and kind of playing up and I just kind of mainly went for the social side of it I guess and as as I kind of went on I guess my love for it grew and I got more interested in it and trained a bit harder and tried to get a bit better but yeah as you said a lot of the girls went up with me all the way through which was lovely like I think we got to under 16s and then we didn't have an under 18 team and I remember when we got got told that there wasn't going to be one everyone was just devastated because we'd known each other and played with each other since we were like 11 12 and we were suddenly being told that there wasn't kind of the capacity to have a team for us which was gotten but luckily we kind of all came through well most of us came through the other side and went to the academy together as well so yeah very lucky to kind of go through all those years with the same girls and yeah play with them you would have been in one of the first women's academy teams right yeah we were the first actually no shout out to amy linton because she was the og girl she was there by herself (laughs) with all the boys she used to go to all the trainings with them when when we went there so yeah but our year was the first year to go there so it was like best couch pole Haley rigby lauren Housco, all that lot we all kind of joined together and it kind of had to take all of us for it to get going because I know a few of us were interested but we weren't sure whether we were going to have enough to have a proper team and enter a league and luckily it turned out that we did I think we might have had about eight I'd say in the first year but yeah it was incredible to kind of get that going it was nice for Amy to be able to scrimmage with some girls and not get knocked around too much so yeah it was a great great experience our first year and I think Nick would have been excited, obviously, because it was the first time he had 
um, a girls team in the academy league. So, yeah. Do you remember that first season at academy level? So presumably most of you would have been first years competing against second and third years. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, we were all first years apart from Amy. So obviously other academies, I think our main rivals back then was Oakland. Obviously things have changed a bit now and the London teams are stronger. But yeah, Hertfordshire and Oakland used to be our kind of rivals. So it was a bit of a shock. And obviously I was going from like training once or twice a week with the Ipswich team and then you go to academy and you're training every single day kind of two maybe three times a day you've got the gym that kind of gets incorporated into your routine as well which you didn't really have before so it was a massive step up um but yeah I loved every second of it and I'd go back and do it again in a second if I could so yeah I loved my kind of academy years and you mentioned um, a couple of questions ago that you found that there was a point where you sort of started to take basketball more seriously and wanted to try and get better at it was that during the junior program or once you got to the academy or somewhere in between I think obviously committing to it to get to the point of IBA I obviously must have had an interest in it and enjoyed it but I think a lot of it is kind of dependent on the social side of it which kind of carried me through but I think definitely when I decided to take the commitment and come to um, IBA and Copleston and study there that was kind of the turning point for me like you don't get up at 6am and do three sessions a day if you're not kind of willing to take it seriously and you do love the sport like you would quite quickly realize that it wasn't for you I think so the fact that I was training so much and kind of living and breathing basketball that was kind of the turning point where I just knew that I wanted to get better and I knew that I was kind of where I should be when you were going through the academy process, presumably that would have been the first couple of times that there were guys going off to schools in the US um, or, you know, finding universities to go to play at in the UK and take their basketball um, further. So when was the first time that you thought you might want to follow that path? That's a good question. I didn't even like, really think it was a thing until I got to Cobblestone and Obviously, most of the boys were kind of looking at scholarships and going off to America and trials and things like that. And we had coaches come over to watch them. So it's kind of a whole new world for me. I did go out to look at a college in America and I'm really grateful for that experience that I had and kind of got to play with the girls out there and see what the lifestyle is like. So it was definitely kind of in the future that I potentially would have done it. but then I kind of looked at England as well because I think America is obviously amazing but I think um, basketball in England is massively underrated so I just kind of had to balance everything up and see what was best for me look at courses look at family situations just it's got to be right for the person I think yeah I'm happy that I got to go out and see both sides of it but I'm really happy with the experience that I had here and Obviously, if I had have gone out, I wouldn't have been able to have the like history-making season that we did with the women. So, yeah. It's so understated, isn't it? The, what always strikes me about talking about players going to colleges in the US and assuming that 17, 18-year-olds are going to want to pack their lives up and move over there is, mm. you know, it's depending on where you are, it's somewhere between a seven and if you look at Johnny Hall out in 
Wyoming at the moment, maybe an 11, 12 hour plane flight away. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not around the corner. It's a huge decision for, for kids of that age to make. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That was like one of the biggest things for me. And I just personally wasn't kind of ready to like go across the ocean and be away from my family. And yeah, some people were, it's absolutely make makes them and it's a great experience for them but everyone's different and it is a a huge thing so you just have to make sure it's the right decision and everyone I know who's gone off to America and studied there has absolutely loved it and they've come back and they're they're thriving off it so yeah every opportunity is different for each person so and you talked about the, the level of basketball in the UK being underrated and in the end your decision to go to university in Reading coincided with the revival of the IBC senior women's team. And you got the opportunity to carry on playing senior level basketball in Ipswich anyway. Yeah. So I think um, staying in England has given me the opportunity to kind of experience a few different things. Like I did go to, I don't know if anyone knows this, but I went to Cardiff for a couple of months. I went to uni there and trained with um, Cardiff Archers, WBBL team. Um, and then circumstances kind of changed and I wasn't really enjoying the uni side of it. So I ended up making the decision to come home. Um, and then a year later, I went off to Reading and my first year there, I played um, just kind of Bucks League, like University League. We weren't the best team. I think we were like League Two or something. Um, we ended up getting promoted in that league, but it was like nowhere near the intensity that I was used to. We kind of just trained mostly on the Sunday um and then the my second year at uni nick um kind of said about starting up the women's team again he was like would you be interested and obviously straight away i was like yeah i would love to i kind of missed um the proper intensity of national league basketball so i made the decision to travel back from reading um and my schedule just kind of allowed it so i could go to training on a thursday like Nick was really good and accommodating and he knew if I had lectures or exams or stuff I missed the occasional training session but I tried to make everyone that I could but didn't miss a game so came back for all the games um but yeah it was a really good decision like I as soon as Nick said that he was going to make a team obviously I was there in a second and when he told me the girls that were going to be involved in it and he kind of said Amy and Harriet and Ash and Mayer there was just no way that I could kind of turn it down and I'm so glad that I didn't because it was just honestly the best season of basketball that I could have ever asked for and being in that environment with those girls and Nick coaching it was just yeah such a great season and I'm so glad that I made the decision to come back. I remember seeing you around in the gym in that first month or so of that season because obviously coaching with the men we train after the women do and yeah. um, I was getting confused and eventually when it came to sort of October time and I was thinking well I'm pretty sure term started now <laughs> I, rem- I remember asking somebody did you decide not to go to uni or how come you're still training with the team <laughs> and they said oh no she's just gonna travel back and play for us at weekends and I thought that's pretty special but it makes more sense listening to you talking about those teammates so I guess you'd all play you played with all of them before um I think so I don't think I'd played with Ash and Mayer. I'd played with obviously Amy in Academy and then Harriet and Charlie and they were in my third year. So 
so I played with them. But there were a few kind of newbies and obviously the younger ones I hadn't played with before. So the likes of like Esther and Cameron and Ella and all that. I hadn't played with them before. Um, so it was kind of a new one, but they're all girls that have been in the club and grown up through the club. So I knew of them. And I think that team coming together with girls who have all come up and all know each other was just like something really special. So, yeah, it was worth the three-hour drive and train journey home. <laughs> <laughs> Are there ways in which it makes it easier that you've all come through the same program? I mean, until um, obviously Coco joined us this year, I think everyone that's played for the senior women's team has been in, in this iteration of it, has been through the club's junior program. Does that make it easier to gel together as a team? Um, I think to some extent, because obviously you've been around them and you might have seen them in their respective age groups kind of playing, so you know you know, kind of how they play and what they're like and their personalities. So in terms of merging, I think it was the easiest that I've ever gone into a team and we've all just kind of gelled. And that was both on and off the court. It didn't. It really didn't take very long for us to kind of figure out how we played and how we were going to play together. So in terms of that, I think it was really good and helpful and kind of special. But then, as you said, Coco's come in this year and she's never been around the club before. And that's been great. And it does kind of add a new edge to the team. And she brings stuff that we might not have seen before. And had to kind of learn how to play with her and she's brought something so special to us as well so it has its positives for kind of both ways so this is such an unfair question to ask of a 24 year old but what's it like being one of the sort of <laughs> relative veterans on the team oh sorry. no the veteran word makes me sound so old <laughs> sorry um no it's fine um yeah it's kind of weird to think as 24 you're a vet but it kind of comes with good responsibilities as well. Obviously, looking down at the younger ones, that's where we all started. So to watch them on that journey, oh God, the journey. <laughs> to, to watch them kind of have their experience and go through the steps that we did and to think that we might kind of be role models to them and they can look up to us and how we play and just as people, really. I know how much I looked up to the girls in Catherine's team when I was younger so I'll quite happily be a vet if we can kind of be there for the, the younger generation. That's a responsibility you really enjoy then? Yeah I think it's nice and I know there are clubs out there that don't have the range of teams that we have so and we honestly do all come together and I know that like photo shoots and end of season all the younger ones are there and kind of look up to us and I know how big of an influence kind of Harriet is all the younger girls and even Amy she even I've played with her for most of my like basketball career now when I was younger she was a couple years above me and I kind of looked up to her as a player so to then eventually come into a team and play with her it was something that kind of I aspired to do and I'm really lucky to have had her to kind of look up to so if I can do the same then I'd quite probably do that. So we come into that first season. You've got obviously players together from six or seven different age groups and you're coming together as a team for the first time. How quickly did you figure out that you were probably one of the better teams in Division 2? Um, yeah, fairly quickly, I guess. I don't think we really tried to think about it. We just 
we never looked at the end of the season or thought about kind of winning the season. We just took every game as it was. Yeah, the first half of the season, like any kind of season when you've put a new team together, was just kind of getting used to each other and how we were going to work and learning new plays together and things like that. So in terms of the goals of the season, we hadn't really thought about it. And then I think after Christmas, when the season starts to get to the business end, we were like, okay, haven't haven't lost the game yet, and we're winning by quite big margins here. So I think it did kind of hit you then. But the more you thought about it, the more stressful it is. So I think we just tried to keep the energy that we started with and just take every game as it came and just enjoy playing together. And the wins kind of came naturally. And people always remember undefeated season in Division Two, and they look at the score lines and think, well, that must have been a fairly comfortable season, but that would be discounting the fact that you also beat half of Division One, always away from home in the Cup in that first season as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. Um, yeah, the Div 2 matches, obviously, they were tended to be quite comfortable. We did have a few that were a bit too close for comfort, but um, generally we've tended to find them fairly easy. And then, yeah, the Cup was kind of a different realm for us. We... Um, obviously started playing teams in Division 1 and started to beat them and then we went away to Reading who were the league above us and beat them away as well and yeah like you say to beat them away with our like, amazing fans not there either it was pretty impressive and then I just remember going to Bristol for the semis and it was such a close game and to be fair we did have a good fair few supporters who had travelled over to Bristol to watch us but it hadn't really hit us that we were so close to getting through these cup rounds and beating these teams in the in the league above us. And then in the last couple of seconds, we kind of took it and held it. And then I think then finally, when the buzzer went, we were like, okay, we're going to a cup final. We've beaten all these teams. We're now about to play the top of the division above us. It kind of hit us the achievement that we'd made already without going on to win that cup. So, yeah, it was pretty impressive. That was obviously the headline of that finals game and it did so much for basketball in the area. We were on regional news, you've got top of D1 versus top of D2. It's got to have been one of the largest games you've played in, right? Uh, yeah, 100% the biggest game that I've ever played in. Um, yeah, the build-up was kind of crazy. We we just went into it like it was any other game. We got on the minibus and did our normal routine and kind of drove there like just normally forgetting that we were going to have like 200 fans coming with us and then I think Essex turned up in all their like sponsored cars and everything and we still just tried to play it cool and not let it get to us and I think that's what ultimately kind of won it for us we just put no pressure on ourselves we didn't big up it was just another game for us in the, in the season that we had to go and get done so in terms of the build-up, it was quite calm and we just took it as it came. Do you remember much about the finals game? Oh my gosh, it seems like a bit of a blur, to be honest. But it's really funny. When I came off the court and I spoke to my parents afterwards, they were like, oh my goodness, like the sound in here has just been crazy. And I was like, really? I, I came off and I had realised that I just completely blocked out everything around me. It was just like, really? I kind of went in. Yeah, I just went into this bubble 
and I completely forgot that there were all these farms here. It wasn't until Esther hit that layup and took us um, into the lead that I suddenly like broke out of it and I could hear the sound erupt and yeah, everyone went a bit crazy. But the game itself was just, it was just a bit interesting. I know at half time we were, what were we down by? I think it was like 14 or something. But yeah, I just remember being in the changing rooms and just saying, right, we just need to get this back to like single figures, make it a good game. We've made it this far. Let's just get it back like to a respectable figure. And then we went back out and just slowly but surely we kept our heads and kind of clawed it back. Our shots started to drop and Essex, Essex's shots didn't really drop. Um, we kept up our defense, we kept up our positivity and just gradually we just clawed our way back. And then when that final buzzer went and we all, everyone kind of ran on the court, it was just crazy. It hit us what we'd done and how big this would be for the club and how special it was. I do remember being in the crowd for that game and it was such a special atmosphere. It's why it surprises me that you say you managed to block it out completely, but it was a really special atmosphere being in the crowd for it. And then I would imagine there was a really special atmosphere in the changing room afterwards as well. Yeah, me blocking out, that sounds really bad, but obviously I appreciate everyone who came and obviously I knew they were all there and appreciated them at the end as well once I'd kind of got out of my bubble. But um, yeah, the atmosphere in the changing rooms was so good um and then nick came in with champagne and everyone was kind of drinking it out of the trophy out of the cup um yeah and we we're all literally just on cloud night i think it took us it took me personally it took me days to kind of come down from it and realize what we'd what we'd done so yeah i'd give anything to go back and experience that day again and I can guarantee you that I, I don't know if I've ever played in front of a crowd as a player, let alone in a final or a game that's that important. Um, what's that winning feeling like? Um, yeah, it's just incredible. You can't, you can't kind of pay for a feeling like that. Um, everyone's just on such a high and you're just so buzzing. But I think it's so special to have that feeling in a sport like basketball, obviously because it's a team game. It's one thing winning, but to win it with all these girls that you've put all these hours into and all this like sweat, blood and tears like throughout the whole year, to win it with them, it makes it even more special and you'll kind of always have that bond. So, yeah, to win on your own is good, but to win the team as well. Fantastic. And it's obviously set you guys up as a largely unchanged team, um, apart from a couple of departures to university and stuff, for two pretty successful years so far in Division 1. Yeah, um, yeah. so a lot of us have kind of stayed on, which is great. Um, obviously, we lost a few. Ash and Mayor and Jess all off, went off to university and they're all doing really well out there, which is great to see. Um, but with that happening, we obviously had new people come in. We've had um, Becky come in from Manchester and Charlotte come in as well. So I think um, last year specifically, it was a lot of the season getting to know each other and learning how this was going to work and how they played and getting used to each other off the court as well as on the court so that last year was a huge kind of learning curve um and we did we did well we didn't do as well as we'd kind of hoped but um everything considered it was still quite a successful season whereas this season we didn't have to 
get used to new people coming in. It was the same team. Obviously, we had the addition of Coco. The first time I played with Coco was Bristol away. She came in um, quite late and then I was away as well. So we hadn't even had a training session together. And then we literally met and then went on the court at Bristol away. And I think we won, we won by like 20 or something. So yeah, a bit of a weird way to meet a new teammate. But um, apart from Coco, it's relatively the same team. But they've, all three of them have been great additions. And especially now, well, not now, the season's been cancelled. But before the season got cancelled, we were really coming together as a team and probably playing our best basketball that we've played in a couple of years. So, yeah, really good to see. Let's talk about that for a minute. I know it's a fast become a worn out topic, but obviously <laughs> we have seen the season kind of um, pulled from under us for, for the whole programme, for teams up and down the programme that were looking at playoff appearances or titles and Obviously, you guys have won the title and you deserve it. That's fantastic. Thank you. But what's it like to kind of have that, I don't know, have that experience kind of taken out from under your feet almost? It was definitely a hard one to process. Obviously, what's going on at the moment is awful and there's millions of people in way worse positions. But in terms of just reflecting on basketball, it was really sad because like any sports sports person they've put all this time and effort in and battled for all these games all year long um and you've worked your way up we didn't have we have like six players each game we had so many injuries we just came through so much and we're sitting there ready at the top kind of ready to have that battle and then suddenly it's taken away and obviously it's incredible that we got the title and we've won did one this year and we're very very lucky but yeah, it's just a hard one to process to not go through it the normal way and have playoffs and be there together to potentially win it and celebrate together. It's all just a bit of a bit of an odd one. It's a bit it's a bit sad, but it just kind of spurs you on. And I know we're going to do big things next year as well, so we'll just carry it through and hopefully have as successful or more successful season next year. So. And you mentioned playing with six or seven players. Obviously, you've had a ton of injuries this year, so Esther missed quite a bit of time at the start of the season. You've had Susanna in and out of the side, other players unavailable here and there. How much does it affect a team's balance when every week or every other week your rotations have to change and the, the five that you might be playing with is different than what it was before? Um, yeah, it's quite it's quite a difficult one. Um Obviously, I think Becky and Cam got concussion in the same week as well. So I know we had two out at that time. And it is quite an odd thing to adjust to. Um, but I think it builds your character and builds you as a team. I think, and I, Esther's obviously said that she was really grateful to have that kind of time to sit out and reflect and see the team from a different perspective. Um, and it was great to still have her there supporting us and, but yeah, definitely a different vibe to not have her for so long. And then suddenly Susanna, Cam and Becky were all out. So like you say, rotations kind of changed. People had to adjust the way they were playing. But credit to everyone in our team. I think they all kind of stepped up and everyone's kind of broadened their skill set. And it's just, I think it's made us a stronger team at the end of the day. So, yeah, 
not all not all negative. And obviously, through those injuries, you guys still had a fair amount of talent to put on the court, not least the league MVP. It wouldn't really be fair of me not to ask you what Harry is like to play with. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, congrats to Haz. Well, I've already said this, but congrats to Haz on her MVP for the league. She thoroughly deserves it. Um, but yeah, she's so good to have around. She's obviously our captain and she's great on and off the court. She was, she's always there if you need her. She was always at the end of the fight if you've got a problem. And then likewise on the court as well. It's, it's not about being just an amazing player, which obviously she is. She is she is there for the rest of the team as well. So to ha- like have the captain responsibilities as well as playing the way she does is pretty special. So yeah, it's obviously great to have her on the team and be able to play with her. And I'm going to assume that Has would make it, but including yourself, who else would you put in an Ipswich starting five if you've got to play a game tomorrow? Oh, that is so difficult. Um, oh, I actually don't. I'm going to offend someone. I love them all. I don't, it's like choosing your favourite child. Um, no, <laughs> no, I can't pick. I can't. No? Okay. <laughs> all right. We'll go for a starting 12 and you can all play. Okay, perfect. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've pretty much come up to the present day. Um, what's next? How long do you want to carry on playing basketball for? Have you got any ambitions? in the game that you still want to achieve? I'm hoping to kind of play for as long as I'm able. I had a bit of a bump at the start of the season. And I kind of wasn't sure how long I was going to be playing for. Um, I was trying to reflect on it, obviously coming out of uni as well. Everything's new and you're trying to get a plan together. Um, but definitely now after this season, and especially the season being taken away from us, it's definitely made me realise how much I appreciate basketball and how much longer I want to play it for while I still can. So the plan is to keep playing for the next couple of years if I can um, and then just take it as it comes, see what happens. But while I still can, then I will definitely be carrying on. Perfect way to look at it. I agree completely about having a season taken away and it allowing you to re-reflect on what the game and the team and the environment actually means. I I tend to find with a six-month um, off-season in basketball anyway that there's time to sit and kind of say, okay, this is great, I have my weekends back, whatever, but I miss basketball now. But then okay. when it gets taken away from you before you're expecting it to be, it's, uh, it's that much stronger. Yeah, 100%. Like you say, we have quite a long time to reflect on it anyway and it's always hard when you're not playing but to not be able to choose when that is or know when that is. And also it's kind of unsure of when we can go back again and when we're all going to see each other and even when the season's going to start up again. So the uncertainty is a real kind of booster in making you aware of how much you love the sport and how much you want to get back to it. So, yeah, I agree. What are you guys doing to stay in touch during the lockdown? Um, yeah, our group chat's always quite busy, to be fair. There's always some kind of funny pictures being posted or someone's doing something weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we all kind of did the video where you pass the basketball. So, And obviously we had people come back in, like Amy and Jess, Ash and Maya, which was so good. And yeah. yeah, it's kind of nice to see even amongst everything that's going on, there are still some positive things kind of coming out of it. And 
yeah, we're so lucky to have social media at this time because I don't know what I'd do if I can speak to the girls as much as we are. So, yeah, we're quite lucky. Fingers crossed the situation ends as, or resolves itself as soon as possible and uh, we can get back to a sense of normality. 100%. Couldn't agree more. All right. Well, I look forward to catching up with you when that does happen. But in the meantime, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast and sharing your thoughts on IBC. Thank you for having me, Rob. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Danny. Bye. Bye.